Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckocrats? What is happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, if you're new here because of the the uh, <laughs> the the juice I got in that Parade Magazine piece, who knew? Who knew that I would be on the cover of Parade Magazine? And I thought it was a tremendous... Um, I, I think uh, when I got on the cover of my college alumni magazine, Boston University alumni magazine, I thought that was uh, that that was something because there was there was a bit of fuck you in that. There was a bit of uh, yeah, fuck you because I had one time there was a time when I did a stand up show at the college, made fun of the then president of the college, John Silber, and was erased from the event in the alumni magazine. And uh, so being on the cover of it years later was definitely satisfying. But Parade, Parade magazine, I, you know, I didn't even know. I didn't know, I honestly didn't know it, was, it still existed. And I'm happy it exists because to be honest with you, and I, and I think they talked about this a bit in that uh, on the sidebar of the Parade piece, along with the, the, a, a fairly thorough definition of what a podcast is, um, which I thought was good. It shows you who the audience is. And and, 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 and to be honest, it's important that uh, people of that generation do get hip to the podcast. It would be nice. You know, we don't want the numbers to plateau completely. But nonetheless, Parade Magazine was something that I looked forward to a great deal when I was younger. The My Favorite Joke section of Parade Magazine, which was, I, in my recollection, around the last page, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, was the best thing that existed in the world. I would go you know, just rummage through the paper until I found Parade, until I get to that back page with some sweaty comedian, a big picture of, uh, of Rodney Dangerfield, Buddy Hackett. And, and, the, all the comics of that era in the 70s were on the back, and then some of the older guys. And it would just be a picture of them, their name, and a bunch of their jokes written out. And I loved it. I loved it. I, I remember looking forward to it and reading them over and over again. And it really planted a seed in my head uh, that comedy was important and something amazing and something that you know I eventually wanted to be part of. So thank you to Parade for putting me on the cover and thank you for inspiring me as a very young person to uh, respect and enjoy jokes written down on the page. By the way, Marilyn Manson 
is the guest today on the show. He was here a few weeks ago before the stuff fell on him uh, at the beginning of his tour, sadly. Uh, he was, uh, I think, partially uh, crushed a bit by some props. I believe he's okay, but this was recorded before all that. And it was an interesting conversation because, look, I know who Marilyn Manson was. I didn't grow up with his music per se, but he was certainly a theatrical force and certainly a musical force to a, to a certain generation of youngsters. But it, the spectacle of Marilyn Manson is pretty insanely compelling. And when I got the opportunity to talk to him, I took it. He came over and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, and I don't think Marilyn would mind me saying, uh, I think he was a little loopy. I, I I'll, I'll maybe I'll say more about that before I intro him uh, in a few minutes. But uh, he's a witty guy and a bright guy, and I think it went pretty. I think the conversation went pretty well uh, for a while. It was good. It was good. It was good to see him uh, and good to meet him. But uh, speaking of writing, Brendan McDonald and myself went. Uh, we were at Barnes and Noble in Union Square, New York City, on Tuesday night doing our, our presentation for Waiting for the Punch, Words to Live By from the WTF podcast by myself and Brendan. And it was great. Over 300 people showed up, standing room only. And Brendan and I get up there. We got the book, and Brendan sort of takes the lead and you know throws some stuff at me. I react to it. Sometimes like he'll throw something at me. He'll get me worked up, and that's always fun for the audience. We talk a little bit about how, how it all came about and just... Uh, People get to know Brendan a little bit if they don't know him already. And it was a great event. A lot of people, uh, like I said, a lot of people came, honestly came. This is not a, uh, I'm not manufacturing numbers, okay? I I don't have any problem admitting uh, success or failure. I will admit both. I'm fairly candid like that. But this was definitely a success, and we signed uh, hundreds of books. We stayed for two hours, met all the fans, signed the books. I even met some cousins I didn't know I had. But it was a great event, and people seemed to be enjoying the book. I also did the New York Times Book Review Podcast. I don't know when that's on, but uh, that was a nice conversation. And we did the, uh, the gist. Brendan and I both did that. And that's coming up. Yeah, so it was fun to be in New York for two days. It was a quick two days. I uh, hung out with my pal Sam Lipsite, the genius writer Sam Lipsite. Uh, I would take a look at his books. I, I just want to, uh, I'm, I'm here to sell books for not only me, but for my buddy Sam Lipsite. It's so nice to hang out with a pal that you see not as often as you'd like, and you just sit there and you eat some fish and you laugh for a few hours. Quality time. Hung out with my buddy Jim Loftus. Used to be in politics, used to be at the State House. Now he's up in New Hampshire, kind of holed up, not in a, uh, a frightening way, but in a sort of like thinking about stuff way. Uh, and we talked for an, uh, a little bit about the state of the world. I get, you know, I've got advisors. I've got, I've got advisors that were, uh, you know, once uh, within the government. I, there's people I reach out to and, you know, try to get the pulse on, uh, you know, w- when do we flee, I think is... Uh, <laughs> Is the big question when 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 do we when do we uh, take off? When does that happen? What else can I report to you? Uh, other than the, uh, we're very excited about the book. We're doing another event this um, Friday. Uh, that's tomorrow in San Francisco at the Alamo Draft House uh, through the Litquake Fest. I think you can go to litquake.org maybe to uh, to see if there's any tickets 
left for that. And if you want to get your copy of the book, if you haven't gotten your copy of the book yet, you can go to wherever you buy books or you can go to markmarinbook.com. And for those of you who got the uh, the nameplates, the book plates, the signed uh, nameplates for the book, uh, those are being delivered uh, separately from the book. So ease up on the emails. It's coming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't steer you wrong. It's coming. You know, I've gotten some uh, emails lately about, you know, me getting off caffeine, me getting off nicotine, people wanting to get sober and whatnot. I'll tell you what's interesting about where I'm at right now, and, and, I, and I don't like to admit this, I don't think, is that I have gotten off the caffeine in the coffee form. You know, I think that caffeine and tea is different. I've been drinking green tea, no nicotine. And I got to tell you, I'm a lot calmer. I'm a lot less prone to spinning out. I'm a lot less exhausted. I'm less queasy. I'm less um, in need of a nap in the middle of the day. I'm a little thick. I feel like uh, things are staying with me in the forms. Yeah, you know, I don't think food is moving through me as quickly as it once did. I think everything has slowed down a bit. But if I'm slowly adjusting to the ground zero of who I am energetically and biologically, well, great. Then maybe I can sort of work from there. But nothing is exacerbated right now. The anxiety is there. The tension is there. The fear is there. But I'm also like able, it's not consuming me because it's not, the volume isn't turned up to 90 with caffeine, with the coffee specifically and nicotine taking the edge off on the bottom end, but then ultimately going both ways when you uh, don't uh, you don't expect it. So oddly, I got to tell you, coffee makes you more aggravated. Genius, right? I'm glad I did the homework on that one. Coffee makes you more aggravated. Now, Marilyn Manson was here, and I, I why would he have a problem? In fact, like I, he came into the house, he got his buddy with him, it's like 6, 6.30 at night. Uh, I say hi. I walk up to him. I shake his hand. He's a very large man, tall. And uh, I, 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 you know, I smelt a familiar smell of um, just sort of a, a, a being saturated with alcohol. Uh, I know the smell. And then, like, it took me a while to realize, because I just want you, I, I think, I don't think this is an, a, a negative preface. I, I think, you know, it's not, I mean, people know that, you know, that Marilyn Manson, uh, likes to, you know, likes to live the life. And it took me a while to realize that I think maybe, you, you know, the way he coveted his water bottle in here and then when he took it with him when he left, it was a Fiji water bottle that he was drinking slowly uh, that, you know, when, when we left the garage, it was, it probably had about a quarter left in it and he hung on to it. And I think that if if you listen, you know, as the conversation goes on, you can, you can feel it a little bit. You <laughs> You can feel the he's getting a little little loopy as uh, as I like to call it, and uh, but you know it, it's cool. You know this garage is a safe. It's a safe space. If you want to have a cocktail, I've had people come over here with cases of beer, with weed, with cigarettes, with a little booze in a in a water bottle. Whatever you need to get through, man. Who am I to judge, right? So Marilyn Manson. His new album is Heaven Upside Down. It's available now. And although he had to cancel some of the early dates on his tour, we were told by his reps this week that he's recuperating at home in L.A. and he's on the mend. So there you go. So this is me and Marilyn Manson, uh, in parentheses, uh, Brian Warner. Okay? It was was fun. 
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. It was fun. My guitar is called Excalibur. I bought my guitar in New Orleans yeah. uh, at a pawn shop right next door to where I recorded Antichrist Superstar in yeah. 1995-ish. Yeah. And it's uh, it's an old Ibanez. It's sort of, I think it used to be white, but yeah. yellowed with age, but it weighs heavier than, than like a most ball. girls that I've had fornication with. No, it's it's really heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's like ninety pounds heavy. It, which Ibanez is it like a Les Paul copy or it's is it a, double cutaway? Yeah, no, it's it's like a Les Paul yeah. copy. Yeah, but it's a seventies one. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but no, it wrote cool. a lot of great. Uh, Do you play great songs? No, but it wrote beautiful some, people, dope show. You know, great show. Those are great songs. No, Big just, hits, I, man. No, Big I mean, hits. I, I'm not saying that it, the guitar wrote them. <laughs> Saying that the guitar might have been used while sure. writing them. Well, so you it was it, it, they, it was part of it. Yes, the guitar is part of. So and you bought it in New Orleans. Everything for four hundred bucks. It was a lot of money then. Sure, but everything is. has a, a ritualistic, uh, a kind of um, status. You know, because just the way you set it up. Well, no, it has a. Yeah, it you has bought a, it in New Orleans, four hundred bucks. It's like it a used totem. To be white it's like it, a totem. But like some guys have it. Like someone told me the other night, who was I talking to? Randy Newman's son. He said that Bob Dylan gave Neil Young Hank Williams guitar. That's important. That's got to be a magic guitar, right? That's, and I'm friends with Shooter Jennings, which yeah. is not related to Hank Williams. No, but it's it's a but legacy. No, it's in the legacy. Sure. And it, I think that what we were talking about earlier about Keith, mm -hmm. who I've never formally met. Are you a fan? Of course. <laughs> Especially of him. You have to be, right? Yeah. I, I've met Mick many times. But, uh, but Keith is like the one of the original dark guys. Keith is dark. <laughs> yeah, he's darkness. He's, he's one of the Prince of Darkness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just remember, uh, I remember he has a weird tuning that he removes one string from yeah. his guitar. Five string guitar. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Open D or G or yeah. something. Yeah. So I think that, that I called it Excalibur. Yeah. Because it... You know, I'm not traditionally a guitar player. In fact, if you want to know my exact tuning, yeah, it's E B E B B E. So it's almost open tuning, but I like to yeah. play with an open E. Yeah, Billy Corgan taught me that tuning. He did. So I learned how to play that tuning. Sort of, I, I believe that in, at some point I had a Guild guitar, which was yeah. not Excalibur, but it was a Guild. But I Electric? cracked it. Or, yeah, yeah. I, cr I crack the neck on it. So. Oh, it happens. So, so you do the kind of an open E ish tuning. So Billy gave you that tuning, so you could just play with your one finger. 
Mostly, yeah, because you need the other fingers for doing the middle fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually sing with my left hand. I'm right-handed. Yeah. You don't want to know why? Why? Because I just have to catch bottles being thrown at me. <laughs> that's really, that's true. You had to have and your right I hand still, active. I still have the dexterity to keep track of not being hit by bottles. Are they still being thrown at you? Every now and then. Someone bit, at, me, it, someone bit me on the dick at my last show. What was your dick doing now? I went into the. Uh, well, I guess I, don't the, know I went. No, I, it wasn't out. Oh, okay, right. no, it wasn't like a freestyle yeah. dick biting. <laughs> dick in pants. Dick in leotard. Dick in pants or whatever. No, no leotard. I don't know. No, I'm, okay, fair what? enough. These pants. These exact okay, same fine. pants. I haven't changed them since then. Why well, don't you've, you've gone through a lot of things? I can change a lot of things, but not my pants. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I jumped into the barricade. <laughs> yeah, and I was singing to the crowd. Yeah. I remember what city it was. I think it might have been somewhere in Upper Eastern Europe, maybe the Kievs or the, the Russians. Balkans, somewhere yeah. far up. This is recently. Somewhere, yes, this yeah. is a month ago, and someone bit hard onto where my dick is. Uh -huh. They didn't get the dick, but they got the part of the pant where right. the dick belongs. They were intending, but my dick intent. ducked. <laughs> it went. It went. It swerved like a matrix dick. <laughs> And but they wouldn't let go, and I had to point my my microphone at them because my microphone actually is a knuckle duster. Oh yeah, a real one, like uh, so, brass knuckles. Yeah, yeah, kind of situation. We're not allowed to tell anyone that it's really brass knuckles, but it is really brass knuckles. So First, I just had to point it at the girl biting my dick. Pant was area. a girl. Yeah, but I but she had glasses on. And my mother. God rest her soul, always said, don't hit a girl with glasses. I'm glad you so threw a line. saved her. <laughs> that was what saved her? You yeah, could have handled it diplomatic. You weren't going to hit her either way. No, but I mean, if she would have, if she would have got foreskin, I would have really got upset. Maybe you would have reacted. It would have hurt. Yeah, yeah. One of us. Someone would have walked out of there in pain. Well, what are you, what are you wearing up there now? What's your, what's your current getup? Well, I uh, coincidentally had to leave a fitting for my clothing just to come all the way down here to your garage to do this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate uh, that. I, uh, what welcome. is what is the fitting for the new uh, adventure? Well, I consider it somewhere between uh, <laughs> Cramps and Alice Cooper and uh, Ziggy Stardust. Standard. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's but then, Marilyn but, Manson but, attire. But then... But the apocalypse and uh, apocalypse now joining it. Oh, some Vietnam, so, yeah. some, some Martin Sheen. Oh yeah, and and then you get a little bit of uh, remember Lawrence Fishburne when he sure. was seventeen. Yeah, in that movie. Yeah, he he's great. Did he get shot with an arrow? No, that was the other guy. Got a spear. Yeah, Fishburne but, no, got shot. He had just got regular shot. Yeah, regular shot. But I liked. I really liked. It's strange. The last time I saw my father in Los Angeles because yeah. he died recently in Ohio. Canton, Ohio. Is that where you're from? Yeah, he died in the hospital I was born in, and he was born in Canton, Ohio uh, recently. And so I dedicated this record to him, but I won't want to be, you know, morose about it yeah. because my father would not like that. What he, kind of what kind of dude was he? He was the guy who used to say, since I was in fifth grade, yeah. I can't look back until now and think that I went in a time machine and said, Dad, I'm only 12, and you're saying to my friends in Christian school, have you ever sucked a sweeter dick than mine? <laughs> and his whole joke about that was, well, you still sucked a dick either way. That was his whole joke that he thought was funny, and I'm, at the time, I just was like, you were 12? Dad, stop saying that. 
But now it's really hilarious because he was saying that to middle school kids. <laughs> what was his job? My dad was, uh, well, he was in Vietnam. I think he was part of, uh, you know, some sort of CIA black ops doing napalm and Agent Orange. He definitely sprayed Agent Orange, but I don't know. Was he a that. pilot? He was a helicopter uh, mechanic. He said. No kidding. Yeah. So and he came back all right? Well, I, I'm not really sure how he was before that because I was a boy. Yeah, he yeah. came back and then made me with right. his own personal semen. Sure, good. Out of his own old style, stuff. old yeah, school family family style. But you didn't you didn't get a sense <laughs> that it uh, haunted him somehow or anything like that. He never talked to me about it until about two years ago. Really? Yeah. And he said, as I was actually watching Apocalypse Now, and I had it freeze-framed on my wall because yeah. I have a projector on my wall that I like to watch movies on. Yeah. And he drove cross-country from Ohio in a... To see the movie? Disgusting yellow Corvette. And I said, Dad, stop flaunting my wealth with such an ugly car <laughs> like a chicklet. <laughs> and I was kind of pissed at just the color of the car. But yeah. but I, I, I didn't... He said he was coming to visit me. You bought it for him? You just gave him... You, you, he bought it... On his money. own, without telling me, yeah. essentially. So yes, I bought it for him. Yeah, but I don't regret that. Yeah. I just regret the color of it. That was it, an old one. No, it was brand new, yeah, yellow, horribly Corvette. new. It would be something that you would want to fight the person that drove it. <laughs> yeah. So I made him put a car cover over it in front of my <laughs> house because I didn't want anyone trying to fight me yeah. because of his car. But uh, so you're watching Apocalypse now. Yeah, I had it freeze framed, and he said it was the most accurate portrayal of Vietnam. And all, my entire life, he had always said he had never drank or done drugs, ever. Yeah. And that day, and this is about three years ago. Yeah. And he's he just started telling me things he had never said. And he wasn't saying in the sarcastic apple and tree falling far from each other right. type of way. Because right. I always divert to sarcasm when I'm in a situation where it's too emotional. Right. I'll say something funny. Right. Or what I think is funny. Yeah. Or inappropriate. But he started saying to me uh, that it was his job to basically kill women and children, and he got good at it, and he was supposed to because it was his job, and it was really tough to come home from that, and not in a PTSD way, in a way that how do you replace that that part of you? And I was trying to relate to it in some way, and I really couldn't. And then he said to me, it's probably just the same as you when you come off stage, son. <laughs> and that was really a weird comparison, but uh -huh. I guess that was the way he looked at it, and that was a strange thing to say to me. Well, maybe he was talking about that zone you enter with all that cortisol and dopamine. Well, it's your, well, it's your job, and yeah. you're supposed to do what you do. And, you know, of course, the difference between me on stage and off is on stage I'm speaking to people I've never met. Yeah. Off stage, I'm talking to people that I just met, met just yeah, now sure. with you, or, you or people that I know. And you're performing for hundreds of, and you know, and, and you're of people. seducing people yeah. as a rock star. But sure. that, no way, I don't think that that compares to what he did. But in some way, he related the two. Yeah, it was unusual. It's words unusual. of advice. Do you find that like you know that his? Uh, so you weren't brought up with religion. I grew up in Christian school. But my parents were not actually religious. What'd your mom do? Well, let me start with my father before 
he went to Vietnam, yeah. was studying to be a Jesuit priest. Catholic. So they were Catholic. Yeah. My mother was Episcopalian, and she was a hillbilly from the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. So that's a Sioux Indian part of me. So I got half, you know, rain dance of you me. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I make it rain, make it stop raining. I've yeah. made it rain before. Yeah. And I don't mean like in a strip bar way. But you mean like... No, I, be, I believe in, you know, Indian magic. Okay. But um, my father was always really secretive about his past. But, yeah. I mean, his side of the family was Polish. Yeah. You know, came from, you know, well, immigrant, I mean, Im- immigrants. So. You don't have to hide that. No, no, no. I Not just he, No, no, he didn't hide it. It was just, it was, <laughs> he, but he was the Catholic part. So but they sent me to Christian school so I would get a good education. Not but, Catholic school, Christian school. Right, because my dad got the, the, you had the rule that's like, yeah, nuns with the rule. But my grandmother, his mother, yeah, used to make me kneel on a broomstick if I ever cursed in her house. Have you ever knelt on a broomstick? Oh, uh, with your knees on it? Yeah. Oh, that fucking hurts. That's worse than the rice under the knees. Where, where do you even learn that? Catholic school, I guess. Huh. But no, it's really painful. Yeah, it gives you bad knees. Yeah. Because I cursed a lot. Yeah. So it really fucked you <laughs> so up. So I was real. not Catholic growing up. I went to a Christian school. Which is? It was non-denominational, yeah. and it was weird. So was it based on just that it, vague kind of uh, starry-eyed uh, Jesus? Like Catholic, you get a lot of other things going on. You got outfits. Yeah, you got you got costumes, which which thousands relates, of years of history, which relates to my new video, which I, right, I was going to try me. to show you. Uh, yeah, I was well, showing you, you. You showed me stills of it. Nuns with guns, but I think that that I didn't even come up with the idea as much as a guy that uh, Bill, uh, who traveled with me, yeah. Bill Yukich, he traveled with me during the era of Antichrist Superstar. Yeah. He was on tour with me and he had to be in the thick of it. So yeah. it was almost like being in warfare because we had so many death threats. And I can't not anticipate trouble from this, but I just thought it was a time rather than talk about politics just to divert the attention to talking about things that are more interesting or pointing things in a different direction. Because, well, But don't you like doing that? I mean, aren't you hoping that a little... I love when there's a shitty president because it makes me seem like the smartest person in America when I go to Europe. Yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> yeah. But don't but don't you like provoking? I mean, especially course, now the uh like this weird uh, now now this attempt to to meld, you know, the the Christian right with the nationalistic right. There's n- there's plenty of crossover, but now there's more of a concerted effort to make it really happen. Like you might that's a good block to piss off for you, right? It well it seems it seems not unlike when I put out Antichrist Superstar right. because I was making fun of the Christian right and the fascist element of America Yeah, who was so busy when I was growing up in school condemning, you know, I, I really feel, and this is not condoning any sort of ism. Yeah. I just feel like they always focused on one or the other. It's like you got communism, you got Nazism, you got... But what about Americanism? Right. What happened to that? Yeah. Like, if anyone's national socialist, it would be America for the most part. So I tried to make that into a statement that was partly religious pointed, yeah. Yeah. partly political, mm-hmm. and partly rock star. And that's where I started. 
and I knew I was called a shock rocker, so I put a lightning bolt like Bowie did, but I actually trademarked the lightning bolt that you get on the back of your toaster or whatever it might be. Yeah. So no one ever thought to do that, and you I did. trademarked it? Yes, sir, I did. So let me let me ask you this, because like, I, like, I, I was poking around doing research, and Antichrist Superstar and Revelation 12, do you know that's supposed to happen this month? <laughs> well... Yes, I do. You do, but, but that would be but that would be Revelations twelve. Revelations twelve, yeah. But I did a small nod to the Beatles with Revolution number nine on the new record. Revelation number twelve. Twelve, right? Yeah. So I didn't put the S on it, right? But and also I wanted to reclaim the the pound sign on the phone. It's not being a hashtag, yeah. Because I was sick of people calling it a hashtag. Well, now it's another. It's, it's a Twitter. Pound, it will always be a pound sign now on your phone. Yeah. You'll never have a phone or it's not a pound sign. Right. Uh, except in some strange future. But yes, I did know that. But people say, oh, the world's coming to an end. But they said that when, in 1984, when, that's when I started to be disenfranchised entirely with religion in Christian school. How old and were it, you? I don't want to do the math there, but I'm going to okay. guess it's like... I was born in 1969, the best year to be born yeah, in. Yeah, so right, 15, 15. Okay, so I was 15. Yeah. I had that number tattooed behind my ear because that seems to be like... 84 my, or 15? No, 15. You that, do? That's the, that's the year I lost my virginity. Yeah. And I got crabs. From the first time? Yeah, because you would think, who has crabs at age 15? And of course, it's the girl I lose my virginity to because my father scared me into it, said, if you don't lose your virginity... By the time you're 18, I'm going to buy you a prostitute. So therefore, I have a fear of prostitutes yeah. and of girls with pubic hair now. Yeah. So, but, but you didn't have to go to a prostitute. No, I unfortunately you found, found the, a cheerleader from with crabs. Lou, Louisville. Yeah. Louisville? Canton, yeah. Ohio J adjacent. Yes. Louisville. Is it Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. In Canton, Louisville. in Canton, it's Louisville. Okay. Because... I have three different brands of redneck. I grew up in Ohio. Yeah. Then I moved to Florida, which is like the bottom dick end of insect world. Oh yeah, man. redneck. I, I can see where that all it all comes. Then that, I, how that informed you. Then I did the Florida experience. <laughs> then I did thrive up the dick of Florida. Yeah. And somehow ended up in New Orleans. Yeah. Which is a place that's. I wouldn't even say I can't use the barometer of good and evil. Yeah, it's a sinister place. It's got its own vibe, that's for sure. It's sinister. I'll tell you that. I don't know about good and evil, but it's it's a place I wouldn't. You know, it's. I often say this is a joke about myself. Yeah, it's a great place to visit. I'm a great place to visit, but yeah. you wouldn't want to live here. Yeah, I've, I've heard that about myself as well. But New Orleans, I live there, and it's a it has darkness that is. That is stuck with me and deep in old darkness. Something, something that goes back to Robert Johnson days. You know, it's uh -huh. old school blues days. Uh huh. I felt that there the last time I was there. You definitely feel like first you feel like, well, this is a unique place. There's no place like New Orleans, and then you feel like something's up here. When it comes to evil shit, <laughs> yeah, I think that people can accept my opinion, saying that there's something very unexplainably sinister. In New Orleans, sinister, dark, mysterious, but unexplainable. Unexplainable, That's but a better word. Evil. Yeah. I mean, evil. With that word used in a non-romantic way, like I don't think you're evil. 
right? You. I like you said romantic. That's that's true because I consider myself a romantic person. Yeah, but like you know, like you know what evil is. Yes. Yeah, and and I know what good is. Yeah. I mean, in the natural moral barometer. What the what the what what you know when you you know, drop bombs when you kill when you ethics yeah. and morals. Yeah, sure, sure. Got but there, continue. But, but I'm just saying that, you know, like when I think about darkness or I think about mystery or I think about some witchy shit, it's not necessarily evil. It's just sort of like, what's going on? Right? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but this was, no, I tend to swerve on the witchy side. Yeah. I feel on that. On the Altamont side yeah. <laughs> versus the Woodstock side of 69. <laughs> on the Manson side versus the... Uh, the, uh, yeah. the, the other side. I know. I, yeah, but, I, but, but, I spent some time there. But I don't. I consider myself to have someone with. I consider myself to be someone with a moral compass. Where, if I love somebody, yeah. I love something. Is I have a very limited family now that my parents are both gone. Yeah, and it's not something I'm going to, you know, complain about. That's part of life. It's a circle of life. It's a snake eating its yeah. own tail type Ouro of thing. Burris. Correct, sir. Yes. And I feel like my father would want me to, you know, put good energy into moving forward. Now, what I do might not be considered good by everyone else, but as far as good and evil, I do believe that you should care about the people you love yeah. and protect them with everything you can. Yeah. And not try to hurt other people unless it's an, unless you have to do it for a reason that unless is to protect what you love. Your dick. Unless they're biting your dick. But I didn't hurt that person a bit. She, my she dick. didn't get through the dick. She didn't get through the dick. So, like when you started doing this shtick, I heard you say to me shtick. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you say it to Alice Cooper. <laughs> you listen to that one? Yeah, I love Alice, man. He's, yeah. he's 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 so cool to me because at first I thought he hated me, you know, because of being Christian and sober and things, and me representing a lot of things that weren't that. And also in real life, uh, yeah. Well, I don't, what other life is? There? No, I mean like well, he, I don't. He, it would don't, be hard for him to. You don't separate, which is I, I don't think, separate, which is probably why he had a problem, or you thought he had. Well, a problem. I thought he had a problem, yeah. and you know. So, but when I got to meet him, he's such a. I, we had so much fun on tour together. We did a song together. It's going to be on the next Hollywood Vampires record. It's called Alice versus the Bottle, and I play the bottle. That's see you. That's proactive. Yeah, it's, it's like almost like yogurt. <laughs> how, so, how so? It's proactive. <laughs> okay, McCulture. Probiotic. McCulture. Yeah. No, but proactive like, would actually be an acne medicine. Sure. But yeah. Get you, but. but no, but I mean it's no, nice. You guys are playing the yin and the yang of who you are, and you, you, know, you she was saying shtick. Oh, a shtick. So well, yeah. Well, I think that Alice. If if we bring if we're talking about Alice, who obviously had some. Inspired you somehow at some great, point. Great influence, huge influence, of yeah. course. But he differentiates. I mean, he you know he like there's there's the guy on stage and then there's the guy playing golf. Really. Well, when I was a kid, it wasn't that way, and it was never that way with Bowie or anyone that I grew up listening to, even Kiss. Which I think, without saying something uh, bad about anything with Kiss. I was really disappointed one day because my father took me to my first concert, which was Dynasty Tour of Kiss, yeah. which a lot of people frown upon. Was it I later? Was it later one? Well, what I liked, it was I Was Made for Loving You. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. My father was dressed like Gene Simmons, and people were asking him for his autograph. Oh, really? So it was exciting. So your dad was a character. Yeah, he was a, he was a total character. 
I mean, he was. You guys, yeah. you got along. You looked up to the guy. Wasn't he, a problem. He looked a lot like me. Yeah, <laughs> so he used to talk. <laughs> but he sounds like he he knew how to have a good time. Bust balls, get dressed yeah. up. Yeah, and so when I met Gene Simmons later, he was. Uh, it, it was not. I wouldn't say a letdown. It was just a little different than when you know I got to meet Bowie or I got to meet Alice Cooper. Those those are great events in my life. And I'm not going to say Gene Simmons was a letdown, but I'm just going to say that well, Bowie. You were surprised that he was a, a, an obnoxious, loud Jewish man. No, I just meant that he was wearing a denim Looney Tunes shirt. That's all. I'm just saying that's that was, just, that was really supporting. <laughs> that's, that's what did it. And he had black cotton candy for hair. It was just weird. <laughs> and he didn't have his makeup on? No, the makeup were, didn't matter. Yeah. That didn't matter. You know, with me, like, I'm not wearing lipstick right now. People have always ask me, what do you look like without your makeup? I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. It's like, what do you look like without your mustache? Yeah. I hear you. You know, I got eyeliner on because I slept in it last night. And you don't And you don't have eyebrows? No, I shave my eyebrows. Right. For fun. Because no, I know. It, it just, it looks, See, it looks more interesting. No, definitely. Me. It has an impact. No, I just mean, I just don't like eyebrows. I mean, I have no, really like, beautiful eyebrows when they're... No, but going. for me, like looking at you, I'm like, well, look, he's pretty. He's, he doesn't have. I can't. He's got I, a little eyeliner on, no, no lipstick, and his eyebrows are gone. I can't be lowbrow or highbrow. It's no brow. It's no brow. <laughs> you transcend beyond good and evil. So <laughs> I'm not Nietzsche. Uh, you're not. No. no. I think he's just a thinker. That's all. He's just a thinker. Some guy that wrote a things little man. Down. He's just a little he's man. Wrote things. wrote things down in a fury at times. Yeah. But uh, but so did you find Gene dismissive? What was it like meeting? No, no, Bowie. Because like, what that I was, was that was. I can't even imagine it. What it, year? What, when was that? It was on the last tour that he did. Um, before he, well, it was the last tour that I saw him. They <sighs> did before he died. I didn't really get to meet him before that, and it was backstage in Santa Barbara, and he was uh, somehow Laura Flynn Boyle, who's now become. Yeah. A really scary person if you ever look her up because yeah. of, as you could see I love Twin Peaks yeah but uh, Laura Flynn Boyle was somehow trying to squeeze her way into the shot and I was it was the first time meeting Bowie it's and very was, weird backstage at these big rock shows in, it was, in this but, area but you know, for in me LA, you know? I just remember he grabbed my tie and he said Hedy Slimane and what he, he said what no he had he grabbed my tie and said oh Hedy Slimane because he knew the design oh. of the tie oh and I was all excited, and I felt like I was going to pee in my pants, like that <laughs> little girl. And then Laura Flynn Boyle came in and ruined it. Started yelling about cocaine and like, toilets, and I don't know what else. What was that? What do you mean? Was she in just a weird fit? Uh, of I some have kind? no idea. Just Google was she her, acting crazy? Google, Google her face. Was she? <laughs> just Google her face. I'll, I'll do it later. No, was she when acting, you Google it, you'll, she, it'll answer your question. It'll all make Google sense. it right now. Have you ever met that woman that's got the tiger surgery, turned tiger I, face? I, I feel like I know where you're going. I'm going to need it. It's a, scary. Yeah, but I I'm felt gonna, like she was on the brink of becoming scary. Yeah. And when I met her, she was really overwhelming. Okay, and okay. it was it was fucking with my Bowie moment. I was like having my Bowie moment. And she fucked with it. Okay, I see. I and see. I wanted her to be a boy and I wanted to pop it, lance it. And that was all you got? Just the tie moment? Yeah, just that moment. And I said, Bowie, I said... I didn't say Bowie. I just said, hey, can I ask you one question? Yeah. And I said... What's she doing here? <laughs> no, no. That would have been a good question. And I said, so when you, you know, you decided to stop doing drugs yeah. and things like that, how did how'd that work for you? How did, how did you work that out? He yeah. said, I just got bored of it. Mm. I thought that was interesting because I just broke it out of rehab, promises. 
I think Sherilyn Finn was, no, not Sherilyn Finn, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. It's so many Lynn's. Yeah. Three named people are dangerous. It's tricky. Lee Harvey Oswald. John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Mark David Chapman. Henry Lou Lee Diamond Lucas. Phillips. Terrifying. Uh, Edward James Almost. You want to go four namers? J.R.R. Tolkien. I don't even know why he's got four. What's his, what's the I don't know other, what the R's are. I don't know what the J's for. J.J. Abrams. That's who knows? JJ. We could go on forever with this. You want to play this game? No, but I don't think so. It's a terrible game. So you have you gotten bored with drugs and booze? Um, I found a different balance in it with it. <laughs> I didn't get bored with it. I just found out very simply, don't drink and do drugs when you're by yourself Yeah. or you're unhappy. Yeah. Because I never knew the difference between a party and a problem. Oh, that sounds like a slogan. Sounds like a song, did but you, it's too—it's too obvious. I think. Did you just come up with that, or is, did you? Is that? Did you see that on a car coming over here? No, I didn't see that <laughs> on a car coming over here. It's the advice I give to youngsters when I go do youth <laughs> give care. Give it to me again. Give it to I go me again. youth care. There's, there's, I don't know the difference between a party, party and a problem. <laughs> Because when people would say, let's party, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Because I was like, it doesn't seem fun. It yeah. seems like we're all getting shit hammered, and then there's going to be a bunch of gay dudes naked in my pool, <laughs> and then suddenly... Uh, TMZ is here, and there's... No, no, it's pre-TMZ. Uh, that was a specific event that seems like, like this, this is 1998. Uh-huh. No, there's going to be naked dudes in my pool, and then... <laughs> What's the girl that was in Bong Water? Ann Magnuson. Ann Magnuson's suddenly taking off her bikini in my bedroom naked. Yeah. And mad at me because I don't have sex to her. <laughs> and then writes a song about it for Bong Water. Look which, it up. Google which song? It. Well, I don't know. Marilyn Manson didn't fuck me, I think it's called. <laughs> no, I honestly think it's called Marilyn Manson did not fuck me. I like I'm not the... sure, but she did write a song about me not fucking I like her. Bong Water. I liked Ann Magnuson because I interviewed her when I was 19 years old in New York City. For what? When I was a journalist. Oh, for yeah. the fucking fun of it. Yeah. Just because I could. She was around. I, I would just pen. lie because I thought <laughs> she was hot. She was hot. And, and, there was, but that, and she that was hot was... when she took her clothes off in my bedroom. So what went wrong? I was scared because there was naked guys doing weird chicken fights in my pool. So you're concerned about your property. Too no. Concerned. Well, I was just... I didn't think that I would come into contact. I'm still, in a sense, the same kid that I was. When I meet people, yeah, I'm still in awe of them. I don't get jaded. I don't think I'm better than someone else. I like that second Bongwater record. I don't remember listening to the record, second one, because I don't have a record player or a CD player. But It's way back in the day. So you're the same kid. You got shy. You got No, scared. I'm still shy. No, I still am. And you didn't fuck her. And she stood there naked. And how She did didn't it... stand there naked so much. I'm just saying that she was, ex I think that she yeah. was putting provocative moves towards yeah. me, let's yeah. say. Mm. And she wrote a song about it, which yeah. I didn't listen to yet. But she told me later when she saw me, and I think that she was kind of mad at me. But it was not because of anything other than fear of being in front of someone that you met when you were 19 oh. and being scared that wow I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this how did I manage to work my way into this situation where I can get have sex with Ann Magnuson who I thought was hot when I was 19 I was just a, a nerdy journalist kid and I why are too. those guys outside 
naked playing chicken fights. I have pictures of the naked chicken fights too. It, on your phone or just at No, home no, or? this is old school cameras, okay. the clicking kind that go and the So walk me walk me through the life then. So you you grew up in Ohio and Florida. What was the thing that ruined you? Was it Florida? Well, I you you were you were heading towards journalism and then something went horribly different. No, I I I was in Ohio. I just uh, great stomach. That sounds terrible. That's great. I haven't eaten because you starved me to death. I did not starve anybody. I know. I'm just kidding. I have some potatoes. There's people potatoes? starving in my stomach. Don't right you know? What about the fitting? They didn't give you a nice layout of shit. No, they made me shit to do the fitting. The shitting. It's called the shitting. <laughs> okay. Now, so in Ohio, yeah, I was just getting ready to, you know. I, I was really upset. I've only gotten one f- real fight in my life. I've gotten my ass kicked a couple times. Yeah. No, I mean, when, it's not a fight when you just get your ass kicked. Right. I got my ass kicked by Nazi skinheads and straight-edge skinheads because the Nazi skinheads thought that I was Jewish and the straight-edge skinheads thought that I was on drugs yeah. and I neither, 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 neither. Right. At the time. Right. Now you are Jewish and on Later drugs. I became Jewish on drugs <laughs> at a bar mitzvah just recently. <laughs> no, yeah. but they beat the shit out of me. Yeah. However, the only fight I ever got in was in creative writing class uh-huh. in Heritage Christian School yeah. in Canton, Ohio yeah. in eighth grade. Yeah. And some kid criticized my poem and I brained him right in the nose Yeah. and gave him a bloody nose. He didn't get back up, but I stood up for my poetry there you that go. That sounds a bit. You've done it before. Sounds a bit. Uh, yeah. A little bit light in the loafers, so mm-hmm. to speak. No, you're an artist. But I put my I put my hand into it, broke his nose. So you can you know yeah. what I'm saying is don't meddle with poets. Yeah. People that are florists. Yeah. Or you know guys that wear shorts or they're cut off so small that you can see the pockets hanging out. Yeah, because you will get punched. That's right. They you come with that. If you have the bravery to do to those do things, those things, then you pack a wallop. <laughs> so that was the first. So that time that was in Florida. Then I got. I mean, in Ohio, arts. in Ohio, yeah. and I got kicked out of Christian school for what? I'll make it brief. I put a dildo in the Bible teacher's desk that I found in my father's father's uh basement my grandfather yeah was apparently a cross-dressing dodo handler yeah i don't i mean i wrote about it so in my you kind of you come from it it's great it's there, a, there's an ex- explanation for my behavior <laughs> but i i just thought that yeah. this bitch mrs price yeah to name her by name mrs price if you're listening you're a bitch so she was really she was really bitchy uh-huh. because she would say this it was almost like telling a racist joke. She would say, "Now, is there anyone Catholic or Jewish in the in the in the room uh-huh. during Bible class, which uh-huh. was every day?" Right. Where I had to memorize Galatians, Ecclesiastes. I know them all. Don't worry. Revelations. That's why you asked. I know it. The, she'd start the day by saying yeah. that, and then if no one said no, then she would start shit talking all the other religions. Uh-huh. So I just found that I didn't want to be at Christian school anymore. Yeah. Did not realize that when I got kicked out of Christian school by putting a dodo yeah. that I found at my grandfather's house covered in greasy, unknown circumstances that I don't even want to think about, but now I can think about it, and it's kind of good that I wore gloves. You wore gloves to carry Not, not, not to keep fingerprints off, but Your grandpa's just, dildo, because it was slimy. It was somewhere inappropriate. 
Sure. I put it in her desk. I got kicked out. And I went to Christian school. I mean, I left Christian school and I went to public school. Yeah. Same bus stop. Yeah. Ass whooping. Oh, yeah. So cyberbullying can take suck a dick because I got my ass kicked the old-fashioned way yeah. at the bus stop. Yeah. For being a... If you don't want to get cyberbullied, just close your computer off. You got, I got you, my ass beat old-fashioned style at the bus stop. Bam, by, bam, bam, bam. By Christian. No, by well, people that were like, he's, oh, he thinks he's cool, better than us. Oh. In a way. But my parents were not religious. So then I went to I went to public school. Yeah. Come ask me a lot. I learned to play it. I was in the band. Playing which, what? Well, this is where it goes south on me. Yeah. The triangle. No. No, I, I, really? I, took, I took drum lessons. Yeah. I found my, my W Haskell Hart. Pedro. Yeah. yeah. So drums, I'm, by nature, rhythm is something that's a big part of me. But well, you're yeah, you're, you play most drums. Of your music's got good swing, got good you know you. pop to it. It's not like crazy metal drumming. It's rock. It's good. It's is it doesn't confuse strippers. It doesn't confuse strippers. Yeah, I told Dave Lombardo. Yeah, I told Josh Homme. Yeah, don't make beats to confuse strippers. It's not fair. It's not nice, and I don't like it. I was gonna keep tapping that foot, working that pole, tapping that foot, working that pole. Yeah. So I went to no, but that's really what I got stuck with. I I knew how to play snare drum, but I didn't want to be in marching band, so I got stuck playing the triangle. Now, if you want to pick an instrument to get your ass beat with, it's a triangle. So you're telling me you got your ass beat again? Yeah, double ass. By the band guys, or just by other guys? The band, the band girl guys. Uh, frowned upon me for the triangle playing yes that's where I become, became involved with some weird uh, burnouts yeah. and I started selling my mother's diet pills oh, as yeah. they call them good kind as speed yeah to uh, the burnouts so you're trying called, to get in like I want yeah, yeah I was I wearing a denim pad. jacket yeah going to Jewish priest concerts yeah. Iron Maiden concerts you were going I went yeah screaming for vengeance peace of mind yeah. I was in the beginning yeah old school and that was your shit my shit oh good and then so I had to sell speed to become cool but it was my mother's diet pills wasn't even real speed it was my mom's piss pills whatever, yeah, whatever but yeah. they bought it yeah. anyways so I became cool guy yeah. enough to get survive through high school yeah and as soon as I became cool we had to move to Florida we moved to Florida tough break and then I I started reading Stephen King yeah the it yeah I'm calling it the it because it's the shit yeah. I love the book. Yeah. I wanted to be a fiction writer. Ah, uh, got it. So then somehow I decided I'm going to go to community college. In Florida. In Florida. Broward, Broward Community College, nice. BCC. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Represent. And still not have done drugs, still not being a drunkard, yeah. still not having a band. Nothing. Nothing. Just like, I don't know what I don't want to do yet, so I went to... I took two classes that I was excelled in, yeah. that I was excited about. Yeah. Journalism and theater, because I had a, a great fear of speaking in public. Yeah. And so, and I'm not afraid to say this, I started Open Mic Poetry Night. Did you? Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Open Mic Poetry Night. And, and uh, did you- In Florida. You have three names, I just realized. <laughs> Everyone has three names, but you don't yeah. use them all. You don't use any of them. Right. Do people call you Brian? Some people do. I don't really care what people call me. It's just really a word. 
I mean, usually what I haven't called your you. Name? I have not called you by your name, but we do have the same initials. No, we, oh right, Marilyn M-M, Manson. M-M. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, technically. Right. So the poetry night that was being run by Brian Warner. I started that. Yeah. As Brian Warner, and someone said, "Oh, you should start a band." Yeah. And I was just doing what became the songs on my first record. So you were doing sort of slam style, loud poetry. You were in, you weren't reading passively. I made poetry night up, and it seems sort of a odd thing to say. It seems kind of a bit sissy thing to say, but I, actually, it was cool at the time because no one else did it. There was no one else doing it. It was yeah. just me. I would just go on stage and I would read poems. No, no one else did. Oh, you didn't host it or anything? No, 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 no. It was just me. Where'd you do it at? At a place called Squeeze Nightclub, which has since burned to the ground. Ah. Yeah. And so that, then, so suddenly then... Were you in a costume then? No. Just you? No, I'd started to dye my hair black at that yeah. point because my mother thought... Her, my mother's favorites were Alice Cooper and Elvis Presley. Not in that order. Alice first. Oh, she Alice. likes Alice? Yes. She's got some good songs. But... Yeah, 18. 18? And you know what? Ballad of Dwight Fry. How about how about cool. um, uh, I'll Never Cry, dude? I'll Never Cry. Come on. I heard you talk about that. And Only Women Bleed, which is an inexplicable song because I remember seeing that on Solid Gold. Yeah. And it just, it segues suddenly into the chorus and has, with no explanations. Only women bleed. No, no, but it just goes out from, he, he stays out all night. Yeah. Doesn't go on, hit you sometimes in a while, once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Only women bleed. And that's <laughs> it. just goes right into it. It's no segue, no tampon commercial, <laughs> but it would have been a great tampon commercial. <laughs> that, it really would have been. I, well, that's, uh, that, I said that to Alice before. And what did he say? He said it was once. <laughs> he did? Yeah, I, I guess it was once. Well, he said it was. All right, so, okay, so now you're dyeing your hair black. Your mom likes Elvis Presley and Alice mm-hmm. Cooper. You're doing these poems, and someone says you should be in a band, and you're like, I only play triangle. <laughs> I didn't say that, but yes. No, I, I think the first two things I stole from the Canton yeah. library before I moved to Florida were The Doors, Greatest Hits, Cassette, and oh, yeah. Aerosmith's Greatest Hits, Cassette. Five to one, baby. One in five. One in five. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I kind of learned to sing to. That makes sense, man. That no. that Live Doors record is a fucking great record. Yeah. And did you say the first Aerosmith record? Well, no, the greatest hits one, which and uh, and I know. Also, oh, but at that time, it was only those first four or five records, right? It was the first greatest. It was hits. the red one yeah. with the white cover with uh, which had. It had uh, come together, which was in the Sgt. Pepper movie. Yeah. Which Did I, Mama I, Ken? No. Yeah. But, so, you know, when uh, so I I, yeah. I get to meet Joe Perry because I know where he fucking lives, yeah. referring to my single. Yeah. Because I played him that song about seven months ago. Yeah. It's like, man, uh, his, Joe Perry's the sweetest guy. And I think it was, what, seven months ago was that when the Super Bowl was? I don't know. I don't either because I don't follow sports that much. Yeah. But... Joe was really in a weird place and I just played him that song and he lives in a place where I know where he fucking lives. I played him my song. Is it by you? Sort of. Yeah. We know where you fucking live. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I played him the song and he was excited and I go, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Are you going with that gun in your hand? I know where you fucking live. Yeah. I said, Joe, you just became the coolest motherfucker in Aerosmith. You know why? Because of the Super Bowl commercial with Skittles last night. (laughs) 
and he was, he was like he had like a childish grin on his face he was so happy oh he was he's a, he's the most amazing i got to jam with joe perry giant up and josh homie we were writing a song together and joe perry's following me it was the most weirdest thing because i don't the word jam yeah doesn't even fall into my vocabulary normally but i was why was a, i don't know because i just never you don't jam well not really the dynamic between me and tyler bates on my new record and the last record well he'll, he'll sit like this distance the yeah same distance as us yeah i have his guitar plugged in i have this on headphones yeah just like this. If yeah. you plugged your guitar in, it would be the same thing. Right. So on the new record and on the last record, you'll hear the guitar bleed. In your, oh, into your, yeah. From your earphones. Not only women bleed, but my... Your earphones the, bleed the, guitar. My, my microphone bleeds too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and weeps. My yeah. guitar gently weeps. Well, the new record, I listened to most of it. It's a, It sounds like uh, there's some pretty tight songs on there. Some Satan stuff. There's some murder some stuff. stuff. You know? <laughs> There's some Satan stuff, some murder stuff. Thanks for diminishing it. <laughs> come, come on. Come on. I like the Satan song. Say well, no, 10. You say God. Say 10. Yeah. Well, I like it. I like it too. I, I'm not diminishing it. I, I mean, know. It's what you do. No, but you said there's some Satan stuff and some murder stuff. But, but, but you know, people, but the, but the mix no, is a little it. different. I get it. I get it. It seems a little more grown up. That's weird that you say that because everyone said that about Pale Emperor sounded more Doorsy, Rolling Stones. Yeah. It was more rock and roll. Yeah. Last record. Yeah. His record was the follow up to that where Tyler. There he goes again. Bates and I yeah. said to each other, we sat next to each other and we said, why don't we, let's do something. Let's just start a song that reminds us of the shit that we listened to when we were growing up. Like, a combination between like Killing Joke yeah no he actually said to me do you like Killing Joke and I said are you fucking kidding me I saw them live open for ministry yes of course I do yeah Killing Joke Joy Division Iggy yeah Stones you know so we did Bauhaus of course Bowie Alice Cooper so we just we just you summoned I just said that yeah and I didn't have to because he scores films for a living I'd written all the lyrics for this record out yeah. In, is that a first? Well, strangely, in one notebook, yes. Yeah. Normally, I would have like 10 notebooks all scattered and chaotic. Right. And I'd be trying to wrangle things in, which is a more difficult way of doing things. It's almost like watching the movie in Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. They're trying to write one song, and it's very difficult. Yeah. But this came very naturally. That's where good. We would just sit next to each other, and we would just put up a beat, a tempo, and she was like... Just the two of you? Yeah, just the two of us. And then we would later go back, and then we would we would make it live, and we would record it. But for the most part, just the two of us, and then Gil Sharon, who also played drums in Dillinger Escape Project or Plan or whatever uh -huh. the name of the band is. But not it's not very Marilyn Manson style, but the main point was that we wanted to do something that was completely opposite of what the last record was yeah. but at the same time it wasn't trying to harken back to what I used to do right it was just going back to what inspired me in the first place that's nice which was going to clubs in Miami and doing what they called slam dancing at the time sure yeah to ministry and killing joke yeah and I think even I might even like slam dance to the Pixies, even though it wasn't appropriate at the time yeah maybe well, it was either slam dance or stand still yeah, but back then it was slam dancing, no, not moshing. Or no moshing. Yeah, it was yeah. just sort of like this, is like, 
Yeah. It's when you would get hurt. Yeah. Chances are you Just like dudes would just run in. Yeah. That's how I broke my jaw, actually. So Is that true? No. No? Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. But yeah. I mean- it, Broke your jaw swam dancing? Ugh. Somewhere along the line. Now, how'd the last record sell? I couldn't say for sure. Do I know all right, that, though? I know that it did all right enough for them to give me a better deal this time. Oh, that's good. And when you go out, you said, how big are the places you're doing? Pretty big? Well, we just did a bunch of festivals in Europe that we headlined, oh. and we're doing uh, shows in USA that are what I want to feel comfortable in. Yeah. I mean, we, could, we could try to do different size venues, but yeah. I really prefer... A certain size stage. So when we even, when we did festivals, I made them make our stage the size of a club. Right. And they didn't understand it at first. Yeah. The crew and the other, the bands right. and other stuff because their stages were bigger. So you make the it. stage like a rock club. I made the same as a rock club because it's like I want to be able to touch yeah. you know the people next to me, and my drummer is right up front. Yeah. Which no one usually does. So he's right in the front where the guitar player would oh, that's be. That's good. And it's, you know, so, but at the same time, we're doing a lot of big shows. We're going to do the, I mean, we're doing some show in San Bernardino with, uh, I think with Rob Zombie sometime soon. I'm not really sure when, but we're, we're doing we're doing the LA Forum on our own later. That's great. So, but, you know, you created this whole aesthetic that seemed to be supported by a lot of other creative people in the videos and the photos and your own sensibility and your own imaging and everything else. You really took whatever it is that you are doing to this level where it had a profound impact on the entire culture. And you really seem to piss off the Christians pretty, pretty, pretty well. And how, when, when you, which is, which is fine with me. Well, I guess I guess they had it coming. <laughs> yeah, well, they well they're built to take it, so they kind of asked for it. <laughs> but I guess I guess my I have a couple of questions in that when when they first I think the first question is when it comes to ritual and when it comes to beliefs and all that stuff. Can you explain Aleister Crowley to me because I've read his fucking books and I what do I got to do to make that make sense to me? It's just another person's opinion. I mean, but it's you, all written in poetry. It's very difficult to get through. Well, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't take anyone's written word as any, even my own, as lyrics, as something that's supposed to be. You read it and it equals something. Oh. You make it what you want. Yeah. Just with anything, I learned that from the Bible. I think a belief. Yeah. In something is the key. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Good or bad, but you know you always have to remember that. You can put out good energy, you can put out bad, but I, I I think that someone writes a book, yeah, it doesn't make them any different from either of oh, us. Oh no, I get that. Like, but I, but I just I don't, I don't think that I'm saying that. Yes, Aleister Crowley had a big impact. He was involved with a lot of people, you know, and and obviously I've read his, his shit, so I know it. All so, of it? Not all of it. Yeah. See, my stomach just went now. That's Alistair. No, 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 Alistair. no. No, 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 but it's it's uh, it's not that I'm, it's not any disrespect to what he's written. It's just that you understand that some people, a philosophy, just in general, philosophy, yeah. it's just one person's opinion. Sure. Nietzsche, yeah. Camus, Descartes, yeah, Descartes. Yeah, I used to like to make fun of his name. Whatever, yeah, whatever person you want to pick. Yeah, it's all just an opinion. Yeah. Freud, Young. 
you know, if, when you go to philosophy, I'm more of a Jungian person than mm -hmm. a than a Freudian because I like alchemy because it's where it started. Yeah, it's basic. It's turning lead into gold. You take shit, you make it into something great. Yeah, the basic concept of it. Forget all the mystical part of it. Just take something from nothing. Yeah, you make it something great. Now, in terms of um, when they hung all that shit on you and you had to fight for your life and your art. <laughs> you mean Columbine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was. Um, go ahead. Yeah, when, when in in terms of uh, you know taking on that machine, which you did, you know, courageously at the time. Uh, I'll footnote that and say not exactly, but continue. Not exactly. No, no, I'll tell you. Oh. The rest of it. Uh, do you do you feel that that you were able to recover from that? When it happened, uh, my entire career was shut down. I had uh, this really dope show, yeah, Giant Success, yeah, which is strange, and ironically, the the guy that edited that video, yeah, Bill Yukich, we we jointly watched uh, with the guy who did my album cover, Peru, this photographer, yeah, we watched Columbine happen in Chicago. We were watching it live on TV, and they were saying the coverage, oh, yeah, we were just watching it yeah. live on TV, yeah. May or may not have been high in cocaine. I won't convince, yeah. convict them of any my crimes. Yeah. But uh, we're watching it, and I said, "Man, this is gonna fuck me over because I know that they're gonna blame it on me." And they said, seven kids dressed in Marilyn Manson costumes," and it just kept changing. The story kept changing as it went along. But so I sucked it up. But it was strange when the Las Vegas casinos were canceling my shows. So every show was canceled, and the record label did not back me up. Huh. So everything got ripped out from under me. So I sat in my house and I wrote a story called Hollywood and I had a movie deal that I was going to make what would be essentially, I guess, my version of The Wall they wanted me to make. Right, yeah. And it happened to inconveniently be about guns and kids. Yeah. So that got just pulled out from under me. And uh, <laughs> so I, I turned that into a record and to a book and, and someone asked me the other day about I was going to make that book come true, and yeah. I got re-inspired because the book actually sounds more relevant now yeah. than when I wrote it. Yeah, so you haven't, so you could still put out the book. No, no, I'm going to, but it actually sounds. It would have sounded more dated when I put it when I wrote it than it would now because it sounds like what, you know, don't call me, you know, Nos, Nostra dumbass. But yeah. <laughs> Right. It sounds more like now than it did when I wrote it. Oh, okay. 15 yeah. years ago. Right. So that that happened. So the way I come out is shave my head, hold a gun, and just say, fuck you, and have a song called Love Song, Death Song, Fight Song, and just came out with guns blazing. You know, if they're going to blame me for violence, this is the one thing that always amused me. People always say that my music causes violence. Why aren't they worried what I'm going to do? Really, seriously, <laughs> like you personally? Yeah, I mean personally. Yeah. It's like you're, you're blaming me personally for shit that I didn't do. Why aren't you worried about what I'm going to do? Yeah, does it I, seem kind of odd? Like, like if your neighbor said that there's there's human feces on the lawn. Yeah, and he blames on your cat. Yeah, why is he blaming on you? Right. Well, I mean, uh, but he's blaming your cat. Would and you he's blaming you as the owner of the cat? But would he's not you, blaming you for pooping on his lawn, right? But would you have rathered that? I mean, what if they? Well, I mean, that's they but, might as well have. Well, that's what I'm saying is that the the they they couldn't put you in prison for expressing yourself. 
So they destroyed you for expressing yourself collectively. Sort of, but in a sense, I didn't. I mean, and I'm not well, saying no, no, that, I'm not saying that what I've said in yeah. lyrics, especially on this new record, yeah. is not going to cause problems if people interpret anything that you say to cause problems. Yeah. Because that's people. Yeah. It's like I could blame the church for causing me to write it. Yeah, I could blame you for asking me the question. Yeah, you can blame anyone. No one has any responsibility anymore. That's the whole point from the beginning. The name Marilyn Manson was created to prove the point that they're proving against me. So it just proves it more. But I can't get through them because I'm not trying to change the world because it's pointless. You can't change the world when you can't even change your underwear. That's what I go by now is my mom. Because <laughs> I have it in several days. No, but that's on the line. See, I always told you I diverted sarcasm. Yeah. It's hard to, to try to get... You can't get through a message to people, except in art. So really all you could say, you're doing this interview with me, we're, we're having our opinions, and I listen to your shit. I listen to it begrudgingly, yeah. but I listen to it. Yeah. Do but first, a, a I research? Watch your, but first I watch your Netflix. The new one? The new one. The other day? That was pretty funny, right? I almost liked it yeah, a okay. lot. Oh, good. <laughs> I almost liked it a lot. No, I, li- I did like it. No, I watched it. No, I did, you know, yeah. but I knew who you were, yeah. but no one told me. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know it was that guy. Okay, well, you just yeah. said it was that guy. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. He's great. He's fucking funny. But you know, but people associate you with characters. Yeah. But I don't differentiate myself from a character that is Marilyn Manson. Now, acting is great because it's the only time I get to have Halloween. You've done some acting, yeah. It's the only time I get to have Halloween. Where you get to what? Dress up or? Well, no, I can't do anything else? on a Halloween. Yeah. yeah, but acting, I get to be someone else. But what do you mean you don't differentiate? Because like I, I, you just see it as a fluid extension of you, you know. However, whatever you're manifesting at that time, because I mean, you seem like a like because like there's some people I've talked to Iggy Pop, I talked to Alice Cooper, you know, like they're definitely not who they are on stage when they're talking to me. No one's who they are on stage when they're talking to you because we're not on stage. That's right. Because you know why? Because you don't have teenage tits. On right. You. I get it. No, I mean in yeah. a way because. When you're on stage, you're performing. Sure, you're seducing. You're 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 taking the music that you spend a lot of time writing. Yeah, which is totally different than performing. Yeah, a lot of people in my life that I've you know had relationships with don't understand the difference between writing a song and performing a song. Mm-hmm. Performing a song is it's it's a lot different. You know, from doing comedy, sure, it's different than writing. Sure. Right. Yeah, so what do you mean a lot of people in your life who you had relationships with didn't I just, understand that? I just mean it's not the same as when you're performing, you're you're seducing someone. You're, you're trying to get people to be a part of what you're making. It's, yeah. It's almost sort of a... It's a giant seduction. It is. It's a, it is ritualistic in some strange way. Yeah. But it's not the same. But making this last record, I would invite people into the studio mostly girls because when you invite girls in the studio then you have to sing better or you look bad so yeah. it's kind of like when you're performing you have to invite girls to make you look better yeah did you you feel like you got into it for the girls there's a mathematics there's an algebra yeah <laughs> to rock and roll yeah guys go to concerts when I grew up in Ohio yeah to meet girls girls go to concerts to fuck the band and they can't, so they fuck the guys that go to the concerts. It's math. Now I'm now I'm in a conundrum. Yeah. Because I'm in the band. 
Yeah. So it becomes complicated. Uh huh. But the main reason rock and roll exists is because it brings people together. But the sexual thing, it always has been, something. It always has been. Girls go there because they're caught up and they want to fuck the band, either in their mind or however they want to. Guys want to be the guy in the band. And sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes it's both. When you were sometimes when, it's both, especially when you're someone like me who presents an image that is not too masculine right. for women and not too feminine for men. But I mean, when you first like no, summoned the character <laughs> and you were doing these live, you know, large stage shows with all your makeup and your hair, um, like, and and the and the songs that you wrote. What was, I mean, you thought of yourself as like, I'm just rock and roll? I was the first person to ever write an article about Marilyn Manson. As Brian Warner had said, Marilyn Manson's music was amazing. The best music ever made. Mm -hmm. The greatest band since Black Sabbath. By Brian Warner. I had no fucking music. <laughs> People were like, oh shit, what's this band? So I had to make music. To fill in the blank, it was very Dolly, yeah, my hero, yeah, and I had to make up. I I, I started a, a science project, and I <laughs> oh shit, what am I to do now? So as a kid, then I just still feel trapped in the same pattern of being twenty three. Essentially, when my career took off, I don't ever think that I'm. I don't ever take things for granted. I don't feel jaded. I'll come here and I'll sit in your sweaty little garage. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, love you're you awesome. <laughs> but I mean, but do you ever feel like you're caught in the same age when you started? Yeah, I don't, when you don't have children, you don't really know. You don't have something checking you. Yeah. Do you, I don't do you have, have children? children? I have cats. Yeah, I have cats too. But Two like, cats. I have three. But we don't have kids aging before you. You, you don't know, have kids. I don't. I don't either. So, I, yeah, I still don't have a clear handle on how old I am all the time. Certainly not emotionally, but physically you start looking in the mirror and you're like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> you look like a hard 34. <laughs> that's, that's very sweet of you. No, honestly. Yeah, you look like uh, 38. Thank you. Yeah. We're doing all right. You already, I already told you my age, but it's okay. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't tell yes, me. I was I, born in 1969, unless you're bad at math. Then. I was born in 63. See, I'm older than you. No, you're not. I'm older than you. So you're bad at math. Okay, that is true. I'm, yeah. I hate math. Yeah. <laughs> and meth. I never done You don't that. like math? Not really math. What, what are you on? Right these now, days? I'm on your chair. And, okay. Yeah. I, I try to stay in the balance between. Doing healthy activity, like for and instance, also being able to drink okay. the minimal amount of alcohol to be able to do that healthy activity. Ah, so it's a good balance. I have a good teacher that teaches me how to yeah. be strong and have. She teaches me how to drink within my limits of. Oh, really? Capacity. Who's that? Is I can't it a coach? Name. It's a yeah. coach. No, no, no. It's just it's some romantic. Some some really. Until I said this, but some really slutty woman that yeah. does Pilates for me that learns uh, how to teach me how to drink within my limits and do Pilates at the same time. I didn't say that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry, sorry, coach. Um, <laughs> no more blow. I, were you trying to do blow right now? No, I'm not. I'm what is man. blow? That is so antiquated term. 
What do you call it? It's such an antiquated term. I don't know. I've seen, I've seen, it's, well, I'm Devil's a, dandruff. I'm a sober. I'm bat, a, I'm, bat, bat. I'm a sober bat guy. Food. I don't want to do blow. Oh, you're a sober guy. Okay. I don't know. I don't. You could call it. But blow is. You know what I have? I have Giant Depp's wig from Blow. <laughs> do you? And I traded him my tits for mechanical animals. You did. So that's blow. Is that true? That is 100% true. So like occasionally do a little blow? Well, if you're trying to interrogate me, are you a cop? <laughs> are you wearing a wire? Wait, are we, are we, is anyone recording this? No, there's no one recording. What is anyone recording this? Why do you wear a wire? You don't have to tell me. I was just curious. Yeah, of course I do drugs. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that doing drugs is, is supposed to be when you're in a good mood. No, it's okay. They, no, you just, no, it's no, not you, exhausting. You yeah. do drugs when you're in a bad mood. Is bad. Yeah. You do drugs when you're in a good mood. Yeah. It's still bad. But <laughs> what I said about cocaine yeah. in the past is it just makes me less rich. <laughs> yeah. Not poor, but yeah. less rich. Yeah. So it's like this nose makes money. Yeah. And spends money. I get it. In the past. That's what I used to say. Yeah. But no, I, I yeah, I, I do occasional drugs all the time. You still talk to- I'll occasionally do drugs all the time. You still talk to uh, Reznor or no? Um, I, I talked to him recently and, yeah. uh, and I really liked all this, all the things he did on, uh, Twin Peaks. It's amazing. He also scored that Vietnam documentary that Ken Burns just made called the Vietnam War. I didn't see that. I'm not on bad terms with Trent at all. In fact, um, I really have a new appreciation and great fondness for the fact that you know, we had a falling out, and a lot of it was really anger and drug related and just confusion and record labels, mostly record labels fucking with us. How long ago was that? It's a while ago, right? Well, when our big falling out yeah. came about, was mostly it really had to do with record labels. Yeah. And when I watched the deviant ones, the thing with Jimmy Ivey, defiant ones, defiant ones. Yeah. I thought it was the deviant ones. Oh. I would have called it the deviant ones. Okay. So I know what it's called. I was just fucking with you. It's so good. Was, you know, because my nickname that week was deviant. It was building building face. But you, they had you. It in was there. called building face. Yeah, because my face was on the building. So oh, yeah. It was building face. Got it. But I talked to him because he's the one who sent me uh, the link to it, and he said Trent did. Yeah, Trent did. Yeah. And, he, and he said that that he really liked the part that included us because, you know, I won't deny in any way whatsoever that he discovered and found what he wanted. And you know we had a we had a, we had a tussle. Yeah. Well, he's the one who found me. Yeah. Signed me. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think he understood me a lot better than Jimmy. But I think I may have underestimated how much Jimmy understood me, because we never really had a conversation because there was a wall that was separated by Trent. So it wasn't necessarily. I was mad at both people. Yeah. But mostly it was just a misunderstanding. I think about what the when did they drop you or what happened. I don't know. No, well, I don't know the story. I'm sorry. I didn't do no, it was a fight between Nothing Records, which oh, yeah. had Marilyn Manson, which and, was Trent's label. Yeah, but Trent was not on Nothing. Right, it was his label, and it just became down to a point where I just wanted to do what I do. Yeah, and I think that's what Trent wanted to provide me with, and he always did from the beginning. Yeah. But once you turn in something, it doesn't always mean it's what it goes out to the world, except now. Yeah. So now with my record label, Loma Vista, which is Tom Wally, who was the person responsible, who used to work at Interscope and then Warner Brothers. The new record. The new record, Heaven Upside Down. Yeah. Let's plug it. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. Um, 
He's the guy who put the billboard in Times Square of me with tits on mechanical animals. Yeah. Well, not tits exactly, but you know, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. He was the one who stuck behind that then, and then years later, he came to me with about this record. Yeah. And he basically gave us this record deal for this album, Heaven Upside Down, without having heard anything but one song, Satan. And we, know where you, and we know where you fucking live. Which I, I was just amazed that a record label would put out a song as a single, We Know Where You Fucking Live, and give me money for a video. But he put out Pale Emperor too, right? He was a part of it, yeah. but it was cooking final, and he wanted to be a bigger part of it. Oh, I get it. And I said, can you give us the same money as they gave us? And he said, yes. I said, good. Can you give us double? And he said, okay. Great. Done. And he hadn't heard any music. So I'm a pimp. Well, good, man. Well, I'm happy that you're still working. You seem okay. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, like, you liked mm-hmm. it, huh? I did like Twin Peaks. I'm not sure about the ending, though. I didn't I mean, watch it. The new one. I didn't watch the new one. Spoiler alert. No, yeah. I, I it got really good. A, a lot of people were wary about it, yeah. I, including myself. And I, saw I, a lot I get, of people to, I get to work with Lynch once, if you want to hear the Lynch story. So when I did Lost Highway. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You said good. Yeah. Which is strangely, and I won't. I'm not making. Is that the, the one with Bob Robert Blake? Yes. It's a weird face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm naked in it. And, yeah, yeah. And Robert Loggia and Michael Massey. Oh yeah. I was just projecting on the wall, and here's David Lynch. He's like, "Now, Marilyn, listen. You're gonna you're gonna be covered in blood. You're gonna die. You're gonna fall down. <laughs> Why? Doesn't matter. Now, listen." Listen, Patricia is very sensitive about her breasts. So don't talk to her about her breasts, okay? Like, yeah. So why am I dying? Doesn't matter. <laughs> so first thing, I, I'm on set and I have like this weird gauze thing over my cock yeah. and balls. So, But I'm ass naked in front of the camera. Yeah. And I just look at Patricia Arquette and I say, hey, I liked you on uh, Dream Warriors 4 docking video. Yeah. She goes, how do you know that? He goes, an action. <laughs> she was really pissed off. It was fucking hilarious. It was one of the funniest things ever. Was she but in I was, that video? I was just, yeah, she was in the Doc and Dream Warriors video. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> but that was that was my David Lynch experience when I first met him. And, and I, he's always been, he's a wildcat. He wanted me to be in Mulholland Drive singing, I want you to sing Heidi, Heidi, Ho, Marilyn. <laughs> like I want, I totally want to sing that Cap Galloway. Yeah, Heidi, Heidi. I need it to be done today. <laughs> like I'm on tour. I'm like in Peru or Europe yeah. or somewhere other. I need it today. <laughs> Can you do it over the phone? Can you podcast yourself <laughs> in a Skype over the phone? <laughs> you just needed your voice. He really talks very loud. And you did uh, load uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, that was just kind of a fun friend thing. Your buddies with uh, with Danny McBride. Yeah, and uh, he's so fucking funny, man. He is very much Kenny Powers. So when's the whole record come out? Um, October sixth. This okay. video comes out October fifteenth, or it came out with the October nuns. Fifteenth, nuns and guns. guns. I think the biggest controversy in this is that nuns are wearing latex. And I know that Catholics are not allowed to use condoms, so I think the big controversy should be stuck there. Okay. It's about prophylactics. It's not about guns <laughs> yeah. shooting 
mortar launchers into minivans. Yeah. It's about nuns using their vaginas to rape an innocent Christian family who's not Catholic. Or about me being in charge of it while shooting other firearms. It's more about the Catholics being upset about prophylactics. And I think that we should cut to a commercial from Trojan. Boom. Coming up next, the Trojan condom from you MM and MM. You could have put that in there. MM and MM. MM Double, M. triple, quadruple, quadruple M. M. Coming to your life. The time when you want to just not pull out the new condom, the new Trojan horse from quadruple M. M. When you just want to sneak M. into M. her. M. And tell her afterwards that you're not wearing a condom. It's just simply a rubber ring around the bottom of your penis. New quadruple M from Mark Maron. No, from and Marilyn Manson. And Marilyn Manson. You're welcome. Okay. Peace out. Thanks for talking. <laughs> okay, so there. I don't know if you if you felt the arc of it. Of the, if you felt the, the 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 tone of the conversation kind of become a little a little loopier towards the end but uh it was it was nice to meet him it was nice to have him over and i hope he's feeling better i hope he's uh bouncing back uh yeah so again go get the book if you want uh come to see us in san francisco tomorrow night me and brendan are doing our thing for the book event at the alamo draft house for litquake uh and i i will play some guitar for you 